Hello everyone and welcome back to Straight White Whale. My name is Darren Connell and this is my podcast. Thank you very much for the support and the shares and the likes and all the comments and messages regarding this podcast. If you're a listener or you're new and you enjoy this, can you do me and Paul a favour please? Can you chuck us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? It will literally take 30 seconds and you're helping the both of us to sustain this podcast. Before we get into it, I would like to give our sponsor a shout out called Lamb Solutions Limited, owned by Michael Burns, a very good friend of mine. His information and contact information will come up on the screen. Michael Burns is a multi-skilled tradesman. Um, If you need anything done in your house, kitchen, bathroom work, plumbing work, joinery, flooring, then get in touch with Michael. Tell him that you heard this advert through my podcast and he will give you a discount or a free quote in the services that you need. So just phone the number and he'll get in touch. And this is the type of year, this the weather's coming and it's bad that everybody's gutters are like, you know, full to the brim. He cleans gutters, he washes windows and he does a bit of everything. So get in touch with Michael Burns and he will sort you out. And see if you're a business owner or if you're a comedian, um, an actor, you're running a show, you're in a band and you need a promotion for a gig, get in touch and we will sort you out with some promotion. So there we go. Um, Before we also like properly start, I always like to give a shout out to some charities that mean a lot to me. Uh, Back On Side are a fantastic Scottish charity that essentially help young athletes that are struggling, maybe football players that have been released by a club or they've ended their career through a really bad injury but there there's services available with them as well uh, like therapy which I I get therapy from back on site and I've been doing therapy for maybe I don't know 14 weeks or something and I feel incredible they've got some amazing shit on their website like numbers for the Samaritans Alcoholics Anonymous Narcotics Anonymous all that type of stuff so if you're not struggling and you've got a pal or a family member that's struggling, then get in touch with them. So there we go, Trips. That's a starty, Paul. Fuck me, I forgot to record on that. I'm kidding on. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you were saying, oh, Michael Burns, he gives it free, and there's like a pause, I was like, what's he, what, what's he promised to give you here? Free gammies. Yeah, mate. At the pipe works. We were talking about. <laughs> they, I think they're ten a penny, mate. We were talking off mic there about the how good like a good hand job is. I yes. think it's a lost art. That's true. But um, your moggy's belters. So. <laughs> <laughs> my mom mo actually does have Parkinson's, by the way. So she she's not getting a honey, mate. She's just sitting still. That's that's horrific. a disgrace. But it's my mom, and she does have Parkinson's, so. I can say that. I'm sorry to hear that, mate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but do you know how like a good hand job is like a lost art? Like all the porn that's all about the blow job now. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely think, man, just a, a quick 
It's an art form. Uh, it really is, mate. It's underappreciated. A hundred percent is underappreciated. <laughs> um, I'll give you your score later, right? Hi. <laughs> I'll do a two honey hon job. You know how last week we were talking about uh, gore porn and Jeffrey Dormer, and I was uh-huh. saying how it's pretty shocking and it was really disturbing because there was a black deaf guy that he killed in it, mm-hmm. and it basically haunted my dreams that night. Uh-huh. Um, I finished it last night. Right. And to be honest, it was quite funny at the end. So <laughs> got a good laugh, aye, did you? Aye. I'm I'm on episode three. So I decided to watch it. Aye. And I was kinda like, what the fuck's every cunt pure thing made about? He gets a couple of big applause breaks at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I am wondering, like, does it get worse as it goes on? Because I'm I'm gonna watch episode three tonight. Mm-hmm. And um I'm like, I mean, it's not that bad. I, I seen the episode where it's like the young guy mm-hmm. and he's like uh, the police are just like are we spoiling it for anybody any spoils or whatever fast forward like a few minutes if you fucking you're like you don't want spoiler for the De- jeffrey dahmer thing even though it's real and you can go and fucking it's on wikipedia i google it the the police were just like no taking the fact that it was like a young guy seriously but also there was a fucking body in the bed i know and we just were like oh they're, they're gay leave them to it blood stains in the mattress what, I, what the fuck what were they just let i mean mate what were they doing do you think that was homophobia aye right the police officers were scared to go into the flat because they were talking about aids and back that. in the 80s, right. like, people wouldn't shake hands like gay people and stuff because they thought it was like, it was like the kind of mentality towards COVID, like you're fucking crossing the street when people are walking near you. Right. It's pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, like, through homophobia, were victims. That's fucked, mate. That's yeah. fucked up. I mean, that young guy in that ep- second episode, he's supposed to be what? 15, mm-hmm. 16, they just handed him back to a serial killer. Like, he's my boyfriend. I know. Right, all right. And then he was like, I've got photos of him. And he was showing them, like, mad fucking gruesome fucking porn photos. And Aye. they were just like, right, no bother, that's your boyfriend. He was posing. What the fuck, mate? Like, so fucked Aye. up. And that poor neighbour, man, should they fucking hear it all? I know. Smell it through the fucking vent in her flat, man. I know Fucked he's up, like, ah, it's a sandwich in the fridge. <laughs> it's meat. <laughs> Did you say it's pork chops? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I mean, come on, fuck. Like, see if I ever meet somebody and I'm like, there's a weird smell in here, and they're like, oh, it's pork chops. They're getting fucking, they're getting leathered. Uh, what have, have they been in your fridge for fucking nine months, you cunt? Also, I don't know if you've noticed this. It is absolutely fucking freezing, man. Yeah, like for the last. Here maybe three months i've been walking to the studio with my gym gear on and today i was like no chance man ice cold mate it's fucking mm. horrific it, out there it's really fucking cold like i woke up middle of last night just needing a piss and my arm was out and it was fucking stone cold like <laughs> actually like i'm usually like one leg and my half my tit hanging out the fucking quilt to Aye. try and keep cool Last night, man, I was like fetal position, like two blankets on me, mate. It's winter's definitely hot. That's for fucking Aye. sure. I've been wearing free t-shirts in the flat with a jumper, and because I'm trying to save money on 
electricity. Mm-hmm. And I have spare pillows that I was using for a draft excluder against the door. I'm like, what the fuck is happening to us, man? This is mental. You know, fucking third world country. I know. Absolutely mental. Seen that you got uh, a reply for a celebrity on Twitter. What one? James Smith. It's good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. My best mate. Is that you's best pals now? Yeah. Like, genuinely, he's my best mate. He DM'd me and he's like, yeah, is it cool if I respond? I was like, yeah, James, what did I tell you about annoying me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Where does he stay? London. <laughs> Stays in Australia. Aye, but he, he's via London. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, uh, I just find that so funny that, I mean, the calorie counting thing started with you telling me that you done it, mm-hmm. and then I went and done some research on it, and James Smith was the first guy that I found. So I've read all his books. By the way, if anybody's interested, I apart from the cut, he's got a new book about confidence. Of of. No read that because I kind of be fucked. I'm only interested in the the health side, but I bought it and I'll I'll get to it eventually. But I do recommend these two books, and uh, I'll explain to the to the listeners. Um, basically, there's a couple of comedians called Stephen Buchanan, and Mark Jennings, and I think Liam Withnell was involved, and and Stephen Buchanan was talking about food and how he loves to eat a roll and Kit Kat. A roll in Kit Kat? Yep. Wow. Is this uh, guy Scottish? Yes. Right, okay. I'd that's... imagine it's a Morton's roll. I was going to say, see if it's a burnt morning Morton's roll, <laughs> then that's the most Scottish meal. Mate, if it was a Morton's roll, I'd eat shite on it, to be fair. <laughs> I don't judge him. But um, I'll tell you a funny story about him in a minute, but I thought I would jump in and I was like, well, essentially you can eat anything and lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit. And they were playful banter back and forth. And I don't know, fuck it, I'm going to tag James Smith. That James Smith helped help a brother out. And he got back to his, and he used the Twinkie example. I think we've spoke about that uh-huh. on this podcast. Uh-huh. So, I was hoping that he was going to acknowledge that you're a calorie counting king, though. I thought he was going to reply and go, yes, king. You can. Hi. <laughs> but he didn't. I know. It's because he thinks he's the king. I felt like saying, mate, can we talk about tuna and pot noodles? But that was a previous episode of the <laughs> oh, podcast. Yeah. Should have asked him about pipe works. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been, James, mate, there's this gay sauna in Glasgow called pipe works that we spoke about in my last podcast. Do you want to come along? Moon. Get a honey. Um, <laughs> it's weird when you're listening to other people's podcasts because he talks about how he's self-conscious about losing hair and maybe he wants to get a hair transplant. And I'm sitting in my house like fucking Jeffrey Dormer, like, I'll sort you. I can get you a discount, mate. <laughs> Merchant City Medical, Duransky 10 for 10% off. <laughs> but, uh, do you get a wee boost? Like, do you get a wee, a wee boost, a wee nice feeling when you tag somebody that's favourite? First of all, like, we'll, we'll talk about this in two seconds, like how weird that is that you can just go to, like, you can just go to an expert on Twitter and go, here, prove this cunt rang and, Debate has kind of like disappeared into it, but mm-hmm. um, do you get a wee boost when somebody like that sort of like there was a dopamine hit because I, I do genuinely, I mean, I, I'm very early in my fucking health journey, I'm 97 days calorie counting, but I feel like reading his books and like listening to you and listening to other people that are really similar because your algorithm changes 
and it's the same type of people that pop up. So I'm just consuming all this information on what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's actually changed my life. Like he talks about shit that you're like, no way, man. There's other people that think that like mm -hmm. wearing baggy clothes all the time, wearing black because you're self-conscious. You're always pulling at your tap because mm -hmm. you feel fat and you're like, no way, man. He's actually sharing all this shit. So even in the last 97 days, because uh, I was feeling a wee bit bad, the change of weather's just fucked everything, right? I'm mm -hmm. freezing, starving, craving hot food. My maintenance calories is 3,000. I'm right. eating 2,200 a day. And I would say in the last 97 days, I've went over my maintenance twice. Right. And I'm, and I'm f the other night, I was feeling pretty gutted about it. And I'm like, two days out of 97 is fucking amazing. So Incredible, mate. Aye. Like, stop being harsh on yourself. Uh, but you then, should do a wee video about your hair transplant to Inspire James. I'll say that to him. Send that, to him. James. I'm going to DM him and say, you made the biggest fucking mistake of your life. I'm in London walking about the streets. I'm looking for you, mate. I'm sure he stays in Sydney. Ah, sorry then. Or Bondi Beach or something. <laughs> 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 you'll be like, you'll be, you'll be looking for a long time, mate, because I'm here in Australia. I know. And it's summer. And I've got a big bobby. But I, I've got a big bobby, I know. Uh, oh, no. Tiny. Is it? I don't think it is. You've got a weirdness about you. I'll leave it at that. You've got a cocky weirdness about you. <laughs> <laughs> An unsaid confidence. <laughs> Why is that guy so confident? Trouser snake. Oh, right, I get it. See, I'm no confident, but I've got a big cock. I've got a good cock, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mine says, I'm, I feel like I'm, I surprise people because I'm a, a severe grower. Uh, so I like the, when I was single, I liked that because I'm six five, so I think like women, and I've got a size twelve shoe, so I think that women will be like, by all signs, this guy's got a fucking truncheon, mm -hmm. and then, you know, before I'm warmed up, I get it out, and it's like, oh, that's disappointing, but oh well, and then like two minutes later, they're like, Jesus Christ, yeah, as soon as a wee bit of blood gets to the fucking bear end, comes out of nowhere, mate, yeah. jackpot. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. We've found oil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and meme that in some way. Um, um, but you had a celebrity Twitter follower as well. Who? John Cena? Yes. Dear mate, I think I've got fucking early signs of dementia, man. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much for being there. I John Cena followed us and I don't follow him. I followed him back though. But I did notice he follows like 10,000 people, but... Aye, but it's John Cena. I, I mean, how many followers does he have on Twitter? I think he's over 10 million. Right. So he's following back 10%. He's following and yes. he follows you. That must have been a weird fucking paradox that you were following John Cena back. Aye, that was weird. I feel like DMing him. Is that all right, mate? Um, have you heard of James Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Who else followed us? A really good comedian. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but have you seen Afterlife uh -huh. with Ricky Gervais? Unfortunately. No, well, we'll get to that in a minute, right? See the, see Ricky's boss, the really 
socially awkward guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He's a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and he followed me. What did he? Yep. I was going through his... Uh, what a shit-hot actor he is, by the way. Because I was going through his Twitter, and he's nothing like that character. Because right. people just look at me and think, that's Bobby, man. Just with a different fucking jacket on. But he's like a real actor. So he followed me as well. I felt like saying, do you know Ricky? Can I get Ricky's email? And you'll come on my podcast. So let's get to the point you said, unfortunately. What, we afterlife? Aye. It's a pish, mate. It's a pish. I don't like it. Why? It's just full of stereotypes. And I don't think that the stereotypes really show you what it's like, like what grief's actually like. Mm. It just kind of felt like... Aye, it kind of felt like a stereotypical movie process of grief rather than try to depict i think we're moving past all the sort of stereotypes and i think now that tv and movies are trying to depict more realistic now as i say that i'm thinking i watched thor the other night like how realistic is thor but you yeah. know what i mean like they're, when they're trying to be taken seriously like after life ricky gervais wants that to be taken seriously it's dark it's black comedy there's pits that are funny but ultimately he's trying to spread the awareness of how difficult grief is and I don't think he did it particularly well. Yeah. I think he just went to, I just ticked boxes and grief's really complicated, like super complex for people to deal with. And I think it just reduced it down to the stereotypes. And when I watched that, I just, I watched season one, I thought, yeah, it was all right. It was well written. He's obviously amazing, right? And he's an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. So the writing was class and the production was great. There, you know, there's nothing to really other than, as a therapist to look at it and go, that's kind of a shitty depiction of what actually, like, yeah. I see in grief when I engage with people that are actually grieving. And I think if it's your partner, like, you're, and you lose them in early like that, I think it's, you know, Let's really n- fucked up for people to, to deal with. And, uh, aye. Yeah. Let's not skip over the part that he fucking killed a homeless guy. When? The guy with smack. Is that in season two? Or? I think it may be one or two. I don't know. Right. There's a guy that's suicidal and he takes drugs and he's like, ah, just take drugs. There's that's no point in season, being Aye, that's in season one. Aye. So he cut, Ricky Javis killed a smackhead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag spoiler. Aye. But I mean, I'm what? the same and all. I love him, right? He's one of my heroes. I love his stand up and stuff. But see, when, in fact, you've not seen that, have you then? What? He goes to the hospital and it's a cancer word. No, I don't think so. Right, so he walks into a cancer ward. My memories are a wee bit fucked. And there's I need shit. You didn't remember John Cena fucking told you three <laughs> days ago, mate. So he goes to a cancer ward. And there's kids with cancer and they've got no hair. And he's it's proper like, do you go to heaven when you die? And because he's an, an, atheist, an atheist, there was this moment that you can see the writing. He's like, as an atheist, he wants to say, no, no. <laughs> but because it's a kid with cancer, he's like, yeah, but it's pure zoom in on his face. And he's right. like, yes, you go to heaven. <laughs> like, that's a bit cheesy for me. But if Ricky, I love you. So don't, don't block me. I don't. Talk. I don't love him. Don't talk about my best pal like that. Fuck Ricky Gervais. So I forgot to ask. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, no, it's cool. Put that on TikTok. Um, Maybe he'll respond if he sees it. He probably will, mate, because he definitely searches his name on Twitter because he responds to tweets that haven't tagged him, that mention him. He retweeted me once. 
Did he? I done a panto in Dundee. You know how he's always in the bath doing the bath selfies and he pulls uh-huh. a mad face. I did that in Dundee in the bath and I just said, thinking of you, Ricky. And he retweeted it. Mate, what a dinner party that would be. You, Ricky Gervais, James Smith <laughs> and John Cena. That'd be good, that. As long as it was low calorie. Aye, low calorie, high protein. So before we go through the bullet points of subjects here, I would like to say, I know it's just autistic fucking hell. No, sorry, I'm just laughing at the idea of you, Ricky Gervais, John Cena and fucking James Smith at a dinner party. <laughs> we are, me and Ricky are sitting being fat cunts and uh, James Smith is like, you shouldn't be eating it. And John Cena's fucking rapping. Here, he's got some good tunes, by the way. Who? John Cena just is ra- a rapper. Is he? He's got some hits, mate. I can't even remember. Some bangers? He's got one that's a proper love song, man. Honestly, mate, I can't even remember what it's called. But is he is he on Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify, aye. And is it um is it just under John Cena? Mm-hmm. Or does he get like a, a rap name? No, it's John Cena. You might not be able to find it though. <laughs> that was a wrestling joke for all the goons out there. How? Because his catchphrase is you can't see me. WWE the time is now, John Cena. It's not that one. So just WWE music's here. No wait, no basic fugonomics, John Cena. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> what a name for a fucking song that is. Bad bad man, featuring bumpy knuckles. Bumpy knuckles. <laughs> fucking hell. I wonder who All that is. All day was Khalifa and John Cena. What the fuck, man? Wait, you mate? Here, he's done a full album with us, Khalifa. Imagine being Bumpy Knuckles, though, at a dinner party. Here, mate, what are you known for? I'm John Cena's fucking hype, man. All right? That's like being Will Smith's Jazzy Jeff. Oh. I'd rather be a fucking Nazi guard in Germany. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> 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 fuck me. Wow. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. So, how have you been, mate, and how's your week since we last seen each other? I've been good. Um, I'm I'm away next week, so I'm buzzing. Where are you going? Up to somewhere. She's arranged it somewhere. Scotland? Aye. Just like a wee sort of cabinet. Good. With a hot tub. Nice, mate. You've got to be good to yourself. You've got to be good to yourself. Nobody else will. Don't eat that fucking biscuit. <laughs> you getting flashbacks of my dad. <laughs> I've two digestive biscuits with my cup of tea. Uh, we and everybody in this family have reason to believe that you're mentally ill. Do you need help? Do you need section? I'm not even finished the biscuit yet. <laughs> I'm going through therapy, folks. Back on side, it's helped me. Uh, <laughs> aye, so you're looking forward to your holiday. Looking forward to my holiday, and because of the holiday, and I let people know oh, i'll be on holiday i've had a busy week so good it's just been flat out all week how long will we be away for a week a week so there'll be a break in the podcast for a week i get a wee holiday or not helps you come up with content is that creative. is that a dig no not at all sounds like a dig <laughs> you were giggling at my page of notes there i was gonna say it's just like autistic it's an autistic hellhole, mate. 
my notebook. Is it like a serial killer's mind map on their, on their wall? Aye, like see if a polis walked through that door right now. Again, I'm going to talk about Red Dragon, right? <laughs> I'd whip my tap off and I'd just be like that. With the pages. Many fucking calories is in a page of that, James Smith. That's another kink I've got. What's that? I want to eat. I want to basically eat a book in front of a terrified woman. What? I want to rip pages out of a book and eat it in front of a scared woman. Hey, there are zero calories in paper. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any nutrition in it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Comes from a tree, but I think oh, then I think this all fucking thing we do. You want to eat the pages of a book in front of a woman? Yes. Is that in Red Dragon? Yeah. Right. You've not seen it. I think has Red Dragon got Ray Liotta in it? Yes. Right. I have seen it, but I've seen it once and I've seen it back in the day mm-hmm. when it first came out. It's like a prequel to like Silence of the Lambs yeah. and stuff like that, right? Aye. And for, for some strange reason in my brain, I think it's the greatest comedy ever made. It says a lot about my mental health, mm-hmm. but there's a bit in the library when he's eating pages out of this book and I'm like cackling with fucking laughter at this guy just eating pages for a book i've tweeted a couple of times i'd like to eat a bible in front of a nun or you know maybe an innocent woman's diary in front of her or something i don't know that just reminded me a story that scott agnew told me Uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it but i'm just gonna say you on saturday ask him about the priest i think i know that story (laughs) Right, we'll get into that. I think it's his grinder's greatest hits. Talking about gigs, East Kilbride, Saturday. Scott Agnew is my support act. Yep. Scott Agnew is a great guy, by the way. Good comedian as well. Probably mate. fucking funnier than me sometimes. He's a great... <laughs> you know, sometimes when he's fucking... Uh, which is not a problem, by the way. That's why I'm getting him, because I want it to be a good night, but... Sometimes I've had a moan and I'm like, hey, all right, fucking wind it in, you can. Hey, calm down, fuck's sake. <laughs> Scott, you're supposed to be making me look good, mate. No, no, I was. That was. That's that's me just having fun. I, I'm never that insecure of a comedian that I would book somebody that's shite. Scott Agnew on his day is as funny as anybody in Scotland. And on top of that, he's a fucking great human being as well, mm-hmm. which is a rare quality. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. You clocked a fly there, didn't you? Aye. I seen the pain in your face. I seen the discomfort. <laughs> Did you? Aye. I clocked it as well. That wee fly's been fucking day man nothing all week, mate. Aye, that, as it went. We it seen a fly. I seen the pain in Paul's face there. Do you think it's funny, like, it, oh, it was behind your head there. Um, see, when you get a fly like that and you stone up to get it, it disappears. It knows that it's been stalked. It's mm-hmm. pure that big cunt's coming for me, man. Aye. Can you imagine how scary it would be if something that was the same proportion to us to the fly was like chasing you, trying That'd to get to you. You're trying to get out of the way, and the, the two of them are talking about red dragon, <laughs> eating Bibles, eating a Bible. I want to eat a Bible. We'll do that in the podcast if we set up a patron. I'd, I'd eat pages from a Bible. So if the punters would like to us to know, I mean, I'm not doing the. Uh, Quran. Aye. Is that what it's called? The Muslim Bible. Aye, I'm not eating that. 
They can't take a joke, gay cunts. I can do the Catholic Bible. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell, I could eat the Catholic Bible with tomato sauce, they wouldn't say anything. I know. Knife and fork and all that. Bill Keaton. (laughs) It's Bill Keaton. Yeah, the Bible. (laughs) But it's low calorie, high density. That's what I want. (laughs) Mate, I had one of the greatest meals of my life the other night. What did you have? It was so weird. I had a baked potato, tuna mayo, cauliflower cheese, and a steak. And that's it was, mate, it was like nine hundred calories. Mate, that sounds like a death row meal. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I'd eat it. Right, good. Because my missus was like, this is the weirdest combination of foods I think I've ever had in my life. But after we I was like, that is weird, but I think it'll be good. And after we'd finished it, she was like, That was fucking phenomenal. I was like, I man. Frank's hot sauce on the cauliflower cheese as well, man. That sounds amazing. And it was like nine hundred calories and it was some amount of fucking food, man. Was that nine hundred each? Or between you? Uh, each. Aye. Because I only eat one meal a day. Aye. Or one meal like that and then I have snacks. You've no eat today? No. Are you hungry? I'm absolutely fucking ravenous, mate. I'm sorry if I'm holding you back. No, don't be daft. You kidding on you? You'll never hold me back. They feasting. This is fun. Um, I took my mum for a meal today at uh, China Sea restaurant mm-hmm. it's been there for about 40 years you can get a two course meal for whereabouts is the china sea it's down at sea central station where the goose used to be it's in the corner of that and you can get a two course meal for nine quid mm-hmm. and i thought my heart was going to explode sitting with my mother day man honestly i'm like more you watching anything good on netflix and i took a note right so basically Donald Sutherland is in a, fu- in a film and it's called Mr. Harrigan's Phone and it's on Netflix, right? Now, Donald Sutherland is obviously an old guy. Uh-huh. The film's about him befriending a student and the student going to his house and, and reading for him. Now, see, trying to get that information out my ma? Mm-hmm. Mental. She's like, ah, your dad was watching this Steven Spielberg film last night where the boy, what's his name, Sutherland, the boy that found the dead body at the train track in that film. I'm like, stand by me. I'm like, Kiefer Sutherland? No, no, the one that's 81. I'm like, Donald Sutherland. I Donald Sutherland and Steven Spielberg, right, are in this film and Steven Spielberg <laughs> reads him this book and then he dies but then Steven Spielberg is like getting text messages for this phone and it's Donald for the grave saying that he's still alive and then he left him his, all his money and all that. And I'm, I'm like, good. <laughs> I had to pull the fucking phone it. I had to pull the phone it. I'm putting on the phone Donald Sutherland and Steven Spielberg. I'm like, they've not even done a fucking film Never together. Never done a movie together. So finally I found it. Mr. Harrigan's phone. On Netflix, and uh, it looks fucking is, shite. Is Steven Spielberg in it? No. Or does he work he's, on he's it? He's got nothing to do with it. Right, okay. He's got absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. Why did you <sighs> think your mom thought it was Steven Spielberg? <laughs> mate, that's my mom. That's my mom. Better than my mom, mate. Like, see, if I was to introduce my mom to Netflix, I think her head would fucking no explode, but like, if you can imagine, like, a heat sort of, like, folding in on itself, like, sort of, like, what would you call it? Like, she would just be, like, a neck. 
and then everything <laughs> would be like in the net. Or he'd would just go and she'd be like, I can't work that. That's what I my mum would do if I was like, this is a thing called Netflix and what you do is, is you just press this button and it gives you access to like, what? May as well be a million movies. Just go and flick through it. My mum would just be pure. That's it. I she would start like the fifth season or something. Yeah, like you're supposed to start the first season. I didn't you know. <laughs> I watched the last four episodes. Aye. I th- it was it was really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, I know. I actually did that with Entourage. Did you? I had got a a hard drive off of, off of somebody like years ago. The guy was like, I've got a I think I bought it was a 500 gig and at the time it was like pure whoa 500 gig hard drive so like one of the ones that was like that size and it sat in the fucking the desk it's like heavy it was like that <laughs> and i was like oh fucking gotta fill it with like just download movies and this guy was like i've got a hard drive full of like movies i'll just give you it and you can just copy everything across uh-huh. and i was like cool <clears throat> and it had fucking all sorts on it man it was brilliant um it had a folder <laughs> it had a folder for a porn and he'd named it banter I don't know why, but anyway, um, there was tons of TV shows on it, and one of them was Entourage, but season three and season four had get mixed up, so all the episodes for season four were in the season three folder, and it's, they said, it was when he was copying it earlier, he was like, oh, fuck, I must have made a mistake, so I was watching Entourage, watched season one, season two, and then I started season three, and I was sitting going like, I see maybe <laughs> missing, like, they, is this like a time warp, is this like Twin Peaks? Have they went into this alternative universe where he's no his wife anymore and all this sort of mad stuff? And then when I, I got to the end of season three and started season four, I was like, ah, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so fucked up. So I had to watch season three and then go back to the start of season four and watch season four again. I've never watched it. I watched the film and the film was great. Really? Well, mate, in comparison to the TV show, the film's a piece of shit. Honestly? Aye. The TV show's fucking amazing. I'll need to check it out. You're talking about Twin Peaks there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've spoke about Twin Peaks before. I watched that recently. Well, I say recently. It was like five years ago. Aye. I binged it. Recent and, in comparison to when Twin Peaks was made in the 80s or whatever. Do you know I never drank coffee before I watched that? Right. And then I started drinking coffee. I went for a pure spell of drinking black coffee. And it was because, because of, Twin, of Peaks. Twin Peaks. And I also used to eat cherry pie all the time with a black coffee. It was my thing. Because of Twin Peaks. Aye. How weird is that show, but? It's, that's my world, mate. I love that right, weirdness. Right, like surreal? Aye. Right. Especially the new one. Uh, did you see the new one? No. Oh, mate, the new Twin Peaks is fucking amazing. Aye, is it David Lynch? Aye. Did he Aye. write that? He's a genius, mate. So it's like 20, 30 years later or something? Right. Oh, it's amazing mate david lynch is a genius mate ah he's a genius you know he comes up with his ideas through meditating transcendental yep meditation yep i've done that he wrote a book called catch the big fish how to be an artist and um it's like a wee tiny book but he just talks about you need a clear mind and all these people like the beatles and all these like hugely fucking productive and expressive and creative people all day and this weird headspace of like no mind you're not thinking if you try and think about i'm gonna think about creating a joke you'll just come up with pish but if you sit and you just kind of go let the universe be the joke you'll find it i like that 
Beyond that. Have you done TM? Aye. I went and got taught how to do TM at the Transcendental Meditation Centre on Home Street. We've spoke about this. Have we spoke about it in the podcast? Angela. Yep. We can talk about it in the podcast again. I've done it as well. Aye. It's good, isn't it? Aye, you have to take a handkerchief and a banana in. Uh, a piece of fruit, a piece of fruit, a handkerchief, and a flower. Aye, <clears throat> I you're offering like you're offering to. I don't know. Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it, mate. I do it every day. Do you still do it? Aye. Do you know, mate? I need to get some advice for you for that stuff because I just cannot pay attention with that shit. My head is fucking one hundred miles just per hour. Keep saying the mantra, mate. I know. Even if your mind wanders, you just need to bring it back to the mantra and just repeat the mantra. Yeah. Channel that energy that's making you think and to just think about the mantra. Because w- I've went in and done it a few times there and there's been a couple of times when I've actually felt like out of body. Like Aye, peace. Mate. You can induce proper hallucinogenic states through mm-hmm. meditation. It's weird. You feel yeah. like you're floating mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're back in your body and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I had a really cool experience there when I shared it with her. It was just like flashing lights, beautiful blue lights and stuff, mm-hmm. and red lights and stuff. I was like, God, I felt like I was getting fucking sucked up with a spaceship or something. Mm-hmm. I was just like, out my mind. But it's in a place across the road from where the goose used to be. <laughs> it's next to the cat house. Aye. <laughs> You're having these pure transcendental experiences, pure ooh. Seems like you've been there and you've got there, mate, so you can get there yourself, man. You just need to remember what your mantra is. Do you remember your mantra? No. Ooh. I could Google it. You're not allowed to share it. It's hard to find, mate. The Sanskrit mantras are really hard to fucking find. I'll just go back in for a refresher because I know it's cool. Uh, and then I'll watch Twin Peaks again. Then the next time we do a podcast, it's going to be weird as fuck. <laughs> oh, i seen a midget, man. Midget. Aye. And then I ate the Bible in front of this midget man and he had and, a wank. And the goose. Talking about wanks, you better see Louis C.K. last night. I did. Didn't you know if I wanted to share that over the podcast in case I get cancelled. Oh, do you want me to edit that out? No, I don't edit that out. Okay. My life is not that important. I did and I was kind of torn. Um, my pal had tickets and he, he never had anybody to go with. Mm-hmm. So it was this. It was the same as the Jerry Sadowich situation, but I do find Lucy K funny. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say that I don't find him funny. Mm-hmm. I do find him funny, but the reason why I went it was a morbid curiosity because I knew that he tried to get the hydro, and he couldn't fill it. So he moved it to the SEC. Really? Did they try? Was the Hydro the first advertised venue for yep. them? So the Hydro's 9,000, I think. Aye, uh, something like Maybe a uh, bit more than... Uh, tw- it's either 9,000 or 12,000. 12, something like And then last night I went there and the SEC Armadillo is like 3,000. Uh-huh. And it did not look full, mate. You had right. a good crowd, but it didn't look full. And to be honest, man, it was kind of disappointment. Like, his two support acts were fucking terrible. 14,500 in the, in the hydro. Wow. And, yeah, it's like three 3,300 people or something can get into the armadillo. So you're saying they're sorry that they're, it wasn't sold out and his support acts were fucking shit? His support acts were awful, mate. There was a female comedian that came on second. His first act was terrible, right? Um, It was a, a keyboard player that was playing music and he kept clearing his throat. I don't know if it was part of his act. 
but he was like proper grogging into the mic right i'm like that's really off-putting man and then the second comedian came on a woman from new york and straight away she was like you're a shit crowd slagging scottish people Mm. all that shit well it's obvious why she's shite comedian you know why she's from new york new york guy (laughs) (laughs) what were Uh, you thinking nothing okay no obviously female comedians are funny that was a joke between me and paul i mean susie mccabe she's sold at the king's theater fuck's sake uh and then louis came on and it was just like watching an old guy mate like an old tired guy mm-hmm. just like somebody's grandpa i watched them on a podcast and i forced myself to watch it because of a similar sort of i don't want to watch them do you know what i mean like guys are fucking pest like uh, Talk mm-hmm. to somebody in here and they were like, oh, I heard that it was consensual. And you're like, well, go and listen to Sarah Silverman. She got, she was a support act. She was like, going to come up to the room to get notes. And she walked in the room with Stone and Wanking in front of her. Like, that's not consensual. I don't give a fuck. Like, guys are fucking creep. Yeah. Um. So, but he was on a podcast and, and he was, oh, of course he was on fucking Fight on the Kid with Brian Callan because he's another one that's had accusations of being a pest and fucking the Brendan, both of them. Brendan Schwab is a pest if you aye. look at fucking what's been going on with the Bobby Lee situation and stuff so um I've people are listening and they're like what the fuck are you talking about go and watch Tiger Belly your mom's house yeah. like all the American American podcasts. comedians that are all fucking sexual predators aye. basically and um I watched it and I was like something's different and I don't know if it's me but I genuinely thought that it wasn't very funny and I was thinking I think this is stole his confidence or he's everything's just sort of like faded it's like he's no shining anymore he's actually like looks tired and looks old like you're saying and maybe that's just my perception but i'm very similar to you you're like just looks like an old man now like yeah he used to be incredibly funny like a world class one of the top comedians in the world yes and no it just doesn't seem like it anymore i uh and I, it's all about honesty i'm not gonna sit here and lie i'm glad that i went I'm glad that I seen him. Mm-hmm. It's like a Dave Chappelle thing. I'm like, oh, that's a bucket list thing. Mm-hmm. It's like going to see Robin Williams or something. But I was disappointed. And then looking into his accusations, like this has gone way back, mate. I remember, see, well before that came out that he was doing that. Uh-huh. A female comedian in Scotland told me he was doing it. Really? Like he was known for it, mate. Right. For years. And and this is like all these fucking idiots that are saying, oh, it was consensual. He's done it to every cunt, mate. Ah, uh, he's so, just a just a beast, man. Just an absolute creep. Aye. So I found it quite comical last night, though, because he's got some mental jokes like eating babies and all that, right? Right. And getting shagged off his da, shagging his granda, and then he pulls um a Bible out and he was doing jokes about the Bible, and a Scottish guy went up and he was like, "I fucking I'm offended by that." Is he? After he's talking about eating a baby. Somebody walk out because he did a joke about the Bible? No, he walked up to the front of the stage, mate, and was like proper like that. And the security had to drag the guy away. You're like, oh, he's sexually assaulted and women, ah, it's not so right. Mean shagged off your dad. Get that fucking Bible away, you cunt. I don't even think it was a Catholic Bible, mate. It was like. Weird human beings, mate. I know. Do you just laugh? Mmm. I was like, that'd be good with tomato sauce, that man. 
I want to eat that in front of a terrified woman. It's 2030 and Darren Connell's been cancelled because he's female support acts. Like, he invited me to his hotel room and stood in the air Bible in front of me. <laughs> Hi, that's kind of, that's kind of like, you know how if that broke, everybody would just do that. What? It wouldn't even be like, oh, he's a beast. Just, what's he doing eating Bibles? Become an act. Hi. <laughs> End up dying with eating paper. Um, what else was I thinking about the day? Because I went to China see you with my mom. I was on TikTok the other night. Have you ever been into a pub called the Star Bar? No. Right. So the Star Bar is on Shawlands, uh, like Vicky Road. Ah, uh, no, I I know what it is, but I've never been in. Pure old school uh, pub. Mm-hmm. The day free course meals in there for free quid. Aye, uh, uh, that's right. Aye. Uh. I want to go, man. Let's go. We'll vlog it. Let's go. Jink will be good. Somebody put it up on TikTok and it looked all right. It was like pie, beans, and a sticky rice pudding for four quid. Like, but it's quite funny how it's like a hipster fucking doing a food review Aye. in the star bar. Like, it's just alkies in there to line their stomach before they fucking get Aye, Oh, it's so. I mean, they've went for such realism. Look, there's even a fake alcoholic in the corner. The guys, like, ah, fuck you, you can't. Oh, it's so realistic in here. Aye. It reminds me of my grandfather when he worked in the shipyard. All right. Do you know there's a guy on YouTube called the Guinness Guru and he just travels the world rating pints of Guinness? Wow. And he's made me want a pint of Guinness, mate. What is he like get gout and his fingers are missing? No, no. Just young I'm... guy, young dude. Um, and uh, he did Glasgow mm. and he went around Glasgow when Scotland were playing Ireland. And he rated all the pints of Guinness in Glasgow. And he said that the best pint of Guinness in Glasgow is at the Lauriston. Oh, the aye. Eglinton Toll. Like, across for the Carlin, Ac- Carlin Academy. Sake, the O2 Academy. Aye, aye. Um, that's the best pint of Guinness in Glasgow, apparently, according to this guy. That's a pure old school boozer, mate. They don't take card payments in there. So cash, cash only. Aye. I walk past there when I walk came, and sometimes I jump in for a can of juice. Aye. Should uh, get a pint of Guinness, mate. I know. Relapse. Have you ever had a, a pint of Guinness in uh, Ireland? No, I've only ever been to Ireland young and as an adult to like the north. And that doesn't count. It's incredible. Supposed to be class. Aye. I would struggle to not have a pint if I went to Ireland, even though it was that good. Aye. Aye. Do you think you could handle having a pint? Just fuck it, have a pint, that's it. I don't think so. Nah. I'm, I know what I'm like as a person. It'd be like a dam exploding, mate. You'd be like under the tap, just emptying the Guinness, just with a tap on, pure... <laughs> Talking in an, I- <laughs> Talking in an Irish accent and all that. I'm leaving finished one pint. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Pure... Oh, it's a good pint, lads. Man. Davy. It's been seven years, mate. Can you drop a free for a hundred at the Lawrenceton bar? Davey's <laughs> like, I've got four wins now, mate. <laughs> I'm a joiner. <laughs> um, right, come on, Davey. Hi. So we need to do a food review, mate. We'll go to, go the, to the Star, star bar, bar or the Horseshoe Bar. Absolutely, mate. They do a free course, mate. Should do that for a laugh. Aye. Mukbangs. Just go and try fucking <laughs> Scottish food. But we... We're not allowed to like go to like bread meets bread or 
El Perro Negro. Uh, like, we need to go to like pure like the Dopey Diner on Springfield Road. Aye, I'm up for that. Dirty mate. plates and a cup of tea with a fry up or that type of place. Go to a soup kitchen, mate. Pretend we're homeless. I'm so sorry. That was, <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, wait a minute, mate. Wait a minute. That's a great <laughs> idea. Gone and Dane, like a pure hipster food review of a homeless soup kitchen. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> for TikTok. You'd be like, why are you here? You're like, still stay with my mum and dad. They've got a four bedroom house and Lindsay. It's absolutely horrific. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I can't. The know. other day, I went in and said to my mum, "I need a new pair of Converse," and she said, "No." Hi. <laughs> you don't know hard life. Guys, like I've been on heroin for twenty years. Like you don't know hard life, man. I need a new pair of Cons, and I didn't get them. Hi. <laughs> um, this podcast just full of nonsense today, mate. It's always full of nonsense. That's, That's why the people oh, love it. Okay. The people, the the people have spoken and they love it, mate. We're still doing well with numbers and totally. stuff. And More nonsense. That's what we need. Yes. Also, so why did you, what inspired you to um, do the, the shout out on Twitter for a Ouija board? So if the people listening uh, have missed this, I basically put an open call out on Twitter. Um, I love how you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, I said that me and Paul would like to follow my live Ouija board experience in a scary location in Glasgow or Scotland. And what I had in mind was the Pavilion or the Panoptican Theatre. Um, there was a couple of other people that got in touch with us and told us that the West Brewery is supposed to be haunted. Down at Templeton's Carpet Factory? Yep. Mm, That's I can really... imagine that, mate. You go to the toilets, man, it's creepy. It's supposed to be really bad, mate. Right. There's a couple of people. So I've always been interested in that stuff. And I get a really good response. Glasgow Live got in touch and they want to send a reporter with us. Um, ghost Hunters that you know got in touch. What are they called again? The Scottish Ghost Company. Yes, you've had them in here for a podcast. They told me that this room's haunted. Do you know, I get a weird energy in this room, mate. It's not a scary feeling my, my sexual energy radiant it must be bouncing off us <laughs> it's like you know when it's two <laughs> magnets the two ears are two magnets mate and it's bouncing off each other <laughs> <laughs> see the ghost in this room will be like user fucking deviants well do you want me to tell you the story of that they were in doing an episode of sean mcdonald's blethered podcast which is uh great and popular I'm sure there's more than a few people um, that are listening to us that will listen to him. And they did an episode. I don't know what episode that is. You can go. It's on Spotify. I'll just say this, right? She said that she noticed a blue light in the room and I seen it. So, and there was no fucking... I've never seen it since. Where from? From nowhere. A blue light just moved across the room. Wow. And she was like, wait, I just seen a spirit there. And I was just sitting here with my headphones on going, wait a minute. And she went, there was a blue light there. And I fucking seen it, mate. So wow. I believe you. Then there was a noise. And only I heard that. I was sitting with the headphones on. And it's in the recording. And I've isolated it. And I've listened to it. And it freaks me out. Is that the one? Because I listened to that. And I heard that as well. Uh, there's a weird noise that happens. And it didn't happen in here. Because Sean said something along the lines of make a noise. 
uh-huh. and it happened and a noise happens on the Aye. audio and they didn't hear it uh-huh. but I fucking heard it I think I sent that to you as well didn't I I think I think we did I think that's why I isolated it and I think I sent it back to you we like this is the noise and it's yes. just like a mm, like okay, that I happens. sent it to Sean as well and he patched us the cunt right wait now right if there's any spirits present make a noise we'll see what happens so if you are listening to the podcast and you hear anything, let us know. I'll listen back anyway. I just turned everything up. So oh. we'd have heard the room there, like going, so if there's any noise, we'll, we'll hear it. Let me ask as well. If, all right, okay. If there is a spirit here or a presence that wants to contact us, can you please let us know, communicate with us and make a noise? Red dragon, Darren, it's your granny. Hi, <laughs> the ghost would be like, ah, you can't even string a sentence together, you goofy cunt. <laughs> well, we'll listen back to the audio, mate. But aye, they were in here, and mate, I don't really believe in us stuff. This is what makes it even worse for me, is that I don't, I don't believe in it. Yeah. Um, but fuck, I can't explain the blue light that just moved across the floor or the fucking noise that I heard in the audio. So. I, I believe you so they got in touch with me directly and they right. dm'd me and they said we would like to help you so essentially we if you're up for it as part of the podcast we can go down to the panoptican theater with the glasgow ghost hunters and we can film a live ouija board experience yes please they will take us through it because they're the experts and maybe we could do something like we can do a podcast in the theater and then they can come and meet us later and then we can do the Ouija and it can be like an extended episode. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do that. That's a spooky building as well. Mm-hmm. Scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no air. See the, there's no air in this building either. It's just silence. It's weird, isn't it? Aye. There's a weird feeling in this room sometimes. See when I'm sitting here by myself, it just feels dead. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. Nay noise, nay, like you're saying. I need to sit with that door open to get any sort of air into this room. Sit with, you know what I mean? We're in Glasgow, it's, uh-huh. it's fucking, it just gets so stuffy in here, man. It's, uh, Do you feel like that in the street as well? It's uh, weird fucking look, vibes in the street. There's a very weird vibe in the street now. And I'm pretty sure the Avalon, which is next to the studio, used to be owned by drug dealers and all that sort of caper. Oh, wow. So there's definitely shit that's been on. Apparently the comedy store in LA is haunted. And that used to be a gangster's nightclub. Wow. And there's a like a torture room. There's a room at the top, like that I basically they used to take people and torture them. There's definitely some murders happened there. I have I've heard that, mate. The Stan Comedy Club's supposed to be haunted. They've had ghost hunters in there. Right. I've had a couple of weird experiences. She's going to it there. Do you know I would stay there? I could get there as well. But people have been there. But it is right. weird, mate. See be I remember sitting in the green room. And I've seen, like, I've seen two things before. I've seen, like, a massive ball of light just move like that. And it was so quick. It felt like somebody was flashing a torch or something like that Mm. type of feeling. And I looked up and I was like, what the fuck was that? And then once I was sitting in the green room by myself and I thought I seen a female... uh, member of the staff 
and I just I was like looking at my notes and I looked up and I was like you alright pal and there was nobody there what did that building used to be do you know I don't know mate but well, it's like an old school and the pub next to it is the old school house so maybe it's an old school man and that's the basement of your school mm-hmm. ready's coming for you <laughs> The boiler room, man. Aye. So, aye, mate. So a couple of the bar staff have said, like, the lights have went off and on and music have pl- right. music's played and... Aye. Mate, I the stand like that, is man. fucking scary, I love, mate. I love shit like that, mate. Aye. aye. As much as I just... I don't look for any meaning in it or anything. I'm just like, I want to freak the fuck out. I, I like freaking myself out with stuff. Mm. See, like with that, Sean, audio. I was sitting in my room and was just like alone and was just like this is freaky and i just sat with my headphones on with just going hmm, hmm, and just freaked myself out i just like that feeling are they good people the ghost hunters great people aye. Aye. lovely so i should definitely date mate i will they've got a meeting with the panopticon next thursday and then they'll get back in touch with me and we're gonna sort it's good if out. we could date for christmas like a christmas special or something like that. we'll definitely do it before christmas mate see I mean, you go and enjoy your holiday. We might do it after the holiday. Aye, before Halloween. Halloween. Ooh, spooky Halloween special. <laughs> Aye. So that's got something to look forward to. Um, um, so this week, I found out that on Monday, they auctioned off Betty White's possessions. <laughs> My God. And you could have went online and bid for like stuff. Somebody bought a front door. Wow. Do you know how much? Um, no, but I do know that the people that bought her house who are selling everything after, they're just going to knock it down. Oh, man. And develop the ground. They bought it from $11 million. That's fucking insane. Ground, just to, to sh- knock down the mansion that's there and rebuild it. And he fuck knows what. But I somebody bought a front door and said that they're going to put it on the, the door to like their... Sh- no, they're like a comedian, like writer. They're like, I've got a studio in my house, so it must be like a writing studio, and they're going to put Betty White's front door on the, the door to their studio. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Do you remember who it was? Nah. I remember. That's I was watching cool. a YouTube video, they were talking about it. Yeah. £11 million pound for that house. That is fucking mental. What would you have tried to bid on? If you could bid on anything. Or dress. If I got it, I'd be wearing it right now, mate. Maybe Betty White can communicate to us through the Ouija board. Aye. Mate, I've had some, see some of the creepy messages. There's a, there's a sound box thing that's a new, I shot myself there, by the way. <laughs> I don't, somebody, they won't hear that. People won't hear that, mate. Aye, there's somebody standing outside the, the podcast studio. Um, I, a few people on my social media, there was a guy that got in touch and he was like insisting, like you need to say a prayer before and after the the Ouija board. Right. And then there was another guy saying that the Ouija board is really popular, but there's something else called a a sound box. Aye. Uh, the the Scottish thing the company have got one of them, so they'll have all that there. It's uh, like communicates through the radio. Yes. Uh huh. So there's all that shit, and then. I've had I've I've said on the podcast that I've done the Ouija board and it was fucking scary, but I'd like to do it with professionals. Ah, I've done one as well, just like pals fucking about. But I'd like to do one with, with some pros. Aye, sure. but this time I won't be full of fucking AK love hearts when I'm doing it. 
<laughs> Try to channel the ghost of fucking my uncle Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, are you there, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, fuck me. How long have we done? An hour. An hour. Right, so let's kind of wrap it up soon, but I just want to... I kind of came in here feeling a wee bit drained today, mate. I was a wee bit frustrated. Right. Annoyed at people. Uh, How come? I'm sure you must have got it when you were running gigs, but I've noticed a thing where... It's such a weird situation, right? Because I don't expect people to help me. Mm. But, see, like, family and friends... And obviously your mom and your dad love you, right? I know my mom and my dad are cool, but, you know, I'm doing this tour, right? And it's so... I was with a cowboy promoter that just fucked it. So everything for that moment has been me saving this tour. And, like, you know, you're promoting things on Facebook, you're tweeting things, nobody's retweeting shit, mate. Nobody's sharing stuff on Facebook. And I'm like... I don't even expect them to be at gigs, but fucking hell, man. Chuck is a retweet. Do you know what I mean? Right. The frustration of, like, running a night. And then, like, I've noticed, like, a couple of my really good high school mates. Like, my ma- my closest mate is flat out told me to my face that he hates, like, stand-up comedy. I'm like, right, In general? Aye. What's up with him? I know, mate. Who's shutting his biscuits when he was a wee boy? Fuck's sake. I didn't see my last show. He turned up fucking out his nut heckling and he ruined the fucking night. Oh, fuck's sake. But, like, I've noticed it, like, I've only noticed it recently. See, anytime I'm running a solo show, like, I'm in a couple of WhatsApp groups, right, with my mates. And I've noticed in the run up to the show, like, a day, two days before it, the group chat will go silent, like, Mm. deadly silent no messages whatsoever no i'm not asking them to come i never asked them to come and i'm not asking them to retweet or share but i feel like they expect that and they just go like radio silent you feel like they feel that you expect them to to do that i and because of that they go silent but you're like i don't i'm no bothered well i think i'm hurt I mean, my pal that ruined the show, I don't want him there because he ruined the show. Of course not. But I do find it hurtful that they're kind of dancing around the the fact that they don't want to come. They should just say that they don't want to come. Like, Mm. why do you know just say, look, I don't want to come to your comedy night instead (laughs) of like being weird and... Probably comes from a good place. Like, you just don't want to upset you, mate. Aye, as much as it's like dodging their own guilt about the fact that they're not coming to your night, they could just be like, oh, "I'm not gonna make it." Just be straight up, just be honest. Do you know what I mean? Aye, I think that comes from a good place because they feel awkward, and they feel guilty, so they don't do it. But ultimately, that hurts you because you're like, "Why can't you not just fucking say I'm not gonna yeah. be a dick about it?" Do you know what I mean? Well, there's a couple of weird. I mean, there's a pal. He's been my mate. He won't listen to this podcast, so I'm gonna fucking talk about him. Uh, I've been mates with him since high school and I've done 14, say I've done 14 Glasgow comedy festivals, right? Mm -hmm. I've sold out every single one that I've done Mm -hmm. and he's never been to any of them. Like even my first one, he was not there and it's never like good luck or good on you with your show. It's just nothing. So it's like I've got this secret fucking extended life of being a comedian and then acting and then I'll just go and meet my pals for a munch and 
I've noticed that if somebody brings up Scott's word or something, they'll change the subject and right. it's fucking awkward as fuck, mate. It's like a few times I've even said as a joke, sorry if I'm boring you, mate. Like they they try to talk at it. Right. But like uh Why do this, you think they do that? <clears throat> I don't know, mate, but this shows you how much you're a psychopath I am. Um my mate went to see my Glasgow Comedy Festival debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at Blackfriars, and I was right. to do one night, and I ended up selling it four nights. Right. And it was like the best fucking weekend of my life. And my pal went to see Gary Little that weekend on the same night of my shows. Now, I don't care that my pals are no gone. But the fact that you went to see another Scottish comedian in the same fucking city on the same night of my debut hurt me. That would piss me off to mate. It's not like they don't they don't go to comedy or that they don't you know what I mean? Like you'd be like, ah, they don't do this, they don't they are no into it or whatever. The guy's gone and seen other comedians and Aye. you're saying that he's never been to see you? He's been to see me and it was during Edinburgh. And it was the run at Edinburgh, which was a fucking nightmare. Right. And he seen me my second gig at a Red Raw. Because we used to go to Red Raw all the right. time and get mad. Do you ever invite them? Well, I messaged them. And I... Because the Orin Moor was supposed to be October. And then we moved it to November. Mm-hmm. And I did say to them, look, this is like two years after lockdown. I'm going to do my first tour. Why don't you come to the Orin Moor and it'll be a good night? And straight away, I'll try and get it off work. And you know that way you just know he's full of shit. Mm-hmm. So then it get moved to November. And my psycho fucking rain, red dragon Bible-eating brain was like, Hi, mate. Um, we've moved the night to the Orin Moor in November. You're more than welcome to come if you're not working or on holiday or if Gary Little's no playing that night <laughs> oh fuck's sake man <laughs> and i clicked send and i cannot explain the cum rush that i got to my head feeling i felt i, I was sitting in my house by myself and i literally done that out loud one each need <laughs> <laughs> to let go of that shit dude i feel like i've let go of it now but you've exercised your demons on the podcast look me took 10 years i think this is if you want them there, ask them to be there. Tell them what it means to you. Well, and I then if they don't, mm-hmm. don't be their pal. They'll know your pal. They're your, they're, they're your enemy. That's enemies. If you tell them what it means to you, look, guys, I would love you to be there. It would mean so much for me for you to come to, come to this gig. And they're like, oh, I couldn't get the night off work and blah, 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 and just the usual piss excuses. I'd be like, oh, that's a shame. You're not actually my pal. Aye. I'm like that as well, mate. I'm not going to lie. Like, recently, like, it's only in the last week or two, it's like a feeling of pure disgust, like trying to just justify yourself to people that don't care. Aye, and if they don't care, they don't care, mate. Aye. Then stop caring about them. Come at the group chat, let them be whatever they want to be. Like, I think there's so many. These guys that you've known for when you were we, these, like, long-term friends, mate, I don't know why, but we have, and, and myself included in this, we cling on these people i've got a mate that since i went into and put quote-unquote recovery or my own form of recovery since i decided to change my life change my job change where i live change my outlook be positive has just 
decided that he doesn't want any, any part of that. And I spent probably the best part of a year. Now, this guy, anytime I'd go to his house, he'd be like, oh, your ex was here with a smile on his face. Mm. So he's trying to fucking wind me up. And I didn't let him wind me up. But then I got to a point where I just sent him a text message and went, I'm not going to fucking try with you anymore, mate. I've been coming. I used to go every Saturday, go up to his house and see him because he's got wins and stuff like that. And I just get the feeling, I was like, I just get the feeling you don't want me though. And I'm forcing it. So I'm done with it. And he was just pure, all right, if that's what you feel, if that's how you feel. And I just thought, no, that's not how I fucking feel, mate. You've, you've made it clear to me, like, and mate, I don't talk to him. Wow. And it's just, I've known him since I was like 15 and it's sad. And I don't want to do that, but something I have done has upset him and he's not got the courage to come and tell me straight to my face like a fucking man what it is that I've done. So, in a very, very holistic and nice way, fuck him. Yeah. If he really wa if he wants to have a conversation about it, I'm here for it, mate. I would love to repair it, but he doesn't want to do that. So I'm just going to let him go. Yeah. And see if he goes about that. That's the way that he goes about his life. He'll have name mates or he'll just have shit mates. And that's kind of like where he is. He's got yeah. shit pals and the people that actually care about him are not run about him anymore. And mate, I hope he fucking listens to this. He won't, but see if he does listen to this. Like, please fucking come and we'll talk about it. Well, but I've just went, nah, cut him out my fucking life. I'm not going to message you. I'm not, because every time I made an effort, it just reinforced that he's not making that effort with me and made me feel terrible about myself. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what you're feeling like. I would fucking go for them and blah blah blah. Maybe you're a nicer guy, but see if they if you if you make it clear, like guys, this means a lot to me that you've come to this gig and all and more, and they go nah, fuck them, mate. Yeah, get them out your life. You don't need them. I'm kinda at the stage that the energy's been sucked at me that I don't even want to ask them now, mate. I've asked them so much and they've made they've made their thing known. So it's there. I won't say to them again. I mean, the pal that ruined it by heckling, I don't want him there. I genuinely don't want him there. Right. And the other guy that's never been to any of my shows, uh -huh. I'll, I'll probably say that to him. But, I mean, he's the type of guy that sometimes when you're doing work and you're doing a tour and you're in a TV show, he'll be like, so what do you do as a job? And you're like, what are you talking about? He's just winding you up, mate. That's just bamming you it's up. It's no bamming me up, mate. He's like, what do you do for money? And I'm like, I'm a self-employed stand-up comedian. And he's like, all right, so you actually get like a wage? I'm like, of course I get a wage, mate. I'm in a fucking TV show. And I've got an accountant and all that shit. Mm. I pay tax. My tax is the same as Aye, mate, you've just, your tax. You've grown apart for them then. If they don't understand what you do and Aye. they don't get it, then you've grown away for them. And Aye. we cling on to it. Because it's like, oh, they're my pals, not? And it's like, are they really your pals? Aye. They don't support what you're doing in your life? Like, um, I think, like, an important part of that is being willing to, like, I still love that guy. Still one of my best mates in my head. Do you know what I mean? Where I, somebody was like, oh, like, oh, Big Scott's one of my good mates. Just said his name, I'll need to believe that. Um, but uh, I'm not putting any emotion onto that guy anymore. Like, see that, like, uh, or guess who was here? Up seen blah, 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 his missus or your ex. <laughs> Why are you saying that to me? Yeah. What, you hoping that I'm going to react? Like, what the fuck? You want to fight with me? Like, I'm not about Aye. that anymore, mate. I'm not about that life anymore. Like, you can get fucked. Aye. But 
if he wakes up and he sends me a message and he goes, oh, I feel like, you know, maybe we've lost our friendship and whatever, I'd be like, mate, please, let's talk about it. Let's sit down and just sort out because I would love to do that, but he's not on the fucking level where we could do that, mate. Never ever, like, he's not on that level. He's, he's still... He's fried. He's still in the scheme, mate. He's still, you know what I mean? It's still all about that. Yeah. So you just need to let these people go, man. Let I... them go and live their own life. Don't, don't let their lack of enthusiasm for you as a friend dim your fucking light in any way shape or form like yeah you're trying to do something special stand being a stand-up comedian going out on a tour giving you comedians a fucking a shot at the, the big stage at the stand and doing a podcast like these things are not normal for guys that where we come from it yeah. and people will reject it because they don't understand it or they're jealous or they think you're shy or whatever it is that's none of your business mate you just need to go about your business and if they don't want to be part of that journey then just let them go yeah i i totally agree with you mate and i, I have done it with people i mean because i've got family members that have never came to see me they stand uh, up we'll wrap it up right we will wrap it up but i've i've got family members that have just never came to see me mate they've never came to see me they panto i've got brothers that have never been interested i've got a bro brother that's never even i mean i don't talk to him anymore but when he used to talk to me i mean that was my decision i was like you're out of my life but when he was talking about scott squad it was like is the police squad still on and oh, you know, like mate you can't up. even get there i think stuff like that can be deliberate though that's when you start to go they're trying to wind they might be trying to wind me up and i'm not going to bite yeah this is the thing mate like i've known you for a year and i've seen you they stand up like four times and it's because i mean obviously like you you're one of the best comedians and you're like there's that line where people go above that line and it's like oh they're like no they're in that room where you can't really go who's better out of you and scott agnew because the two of you are fucking class on a good night you'd be better than him on a bad night but and vice versa right huh. you're in that category but it's like you're a pro so i want to come and see you but see even if i didn't if i thought mm, i'd still come yeah do you know what i mean i'd be like i want to be there thank you very much mate but i did like and you're right to say it's a jealousy thing because i found out that he was my brother was talking to people about me and he was saying things like i mean he did say it to me back in the day as well i could do that i could go up and be funny <laughs> and i'm like mate you've never even been in the stand you Good don't luck. even leave your house you fucking sad cunt Good you've, luck not get, with that, mate. you've not got any pals you don't even go out Aye. for a pint you so, just drink Bucky in your house, you fucking loser. Uh, but I uh, said that to me a couple of times, like, aye, I could do that. And But he'll say things like, I remember I was running a night in the sub club in Bath Street mm -hmm. and it was free. And then it's free parking after six. And I'm like, mate, do you want a free ticket for my show? I'm skint. I've not got any money. It's a free ticket. I know I'm skint, but I'm like, it's free parking and we've got a bar tab, mate. So I'll buy you drinks all night. Uh -huh. Now nah, I'm skint. Three weeks later do you get kevin bridges tickets and all that see if you could get a kevin bridges ticket i would even drive up to edinburgh i'm like oh right so you can drive up to edinburgh to watch fucking kevin bridges but you can't go to bath street to watch your brother so like you're right when you say it's a jealousy thing mate it mate, is see, a jealousy sometimes, thing like that sharon man i fucking shot myself there aye no Fucking stay outside. Um, but see, sometimes, mate, it's not... It's 
It's not like a jealousy thing, right? I think that people look at what other people are saying and, well, as I said, that's some sort of like in my head going, is this the way it always is? Your success is a reflection of their failure in life and they don't feel good about that. And the way that they deal with that is they take it out on you. Yes. They talk shit about you. They don't come to your shows. They try and sabotage you. They say stuff to you like, oh, how's how's police squad doing? And then they're heated like that. Ha, ha, ha. See if you just go, oh, it's great, mate. Fuck yeah. off. Do you know what I mean? Like, see all that shit, mate? Don't pay any attention to people like that. That's Paul's girlfriend. Aye, she said, hating bitches ain't happy and happy bitches ain't hating. That's not the ghost that we summoned. That's Sharon. You summoned me. <laughs> Look, I appreciate your advice on that subject. We have done well over an hour, so I'll wrap it up with that. Um... I know it's a quite serious subject to wrap it up on. I'm not like fucked or struggling or anything. I just wanted to talk to no, somebody. Mate, listen, I think people that listen to this like it because we do funny and serious and funny and serious. And yeah. we, we've done a whole of, an hour worth of funny stuff. We just did sort of 10, 15 minutes on something pretty serious. So Yeah, but as I'm saying to my brother, if he calls at the police squad one more time, I'm going to kill the cunt with a fucking hammer. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> um i on that note um i will see you in east Bride tomorrow i don't know when this podcast will be out add me and paul on twitter and facebook for the next funny bunch and uh i just want to say i appreciate that conversation now paul you're a good guy i'm your real pal that i know i've realized that that's how how sad is that that we've only known each other for a very short period of time and you have been a closer pal than some of my schoolmates and some of my family members. Mm -hmm. Even some of the fucking podcast punters have spoke to me better than some of my family. And who in your family gives you a free gammy every week you come into the studio? Exactly. I'm getting a gammy right now <laughs> under the table. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. It feels weird that uh, your girlfriend's standing right behind the camera and I'm fucking fighting a card on while you're talking about sucking my banger. Um, see you at the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs>